every day, we prepare to make your dreams come true in ways you never imagined. Come live your dream during the year of a million dreams, going on right now at the place where dreams come true. Main Street Mechies. Hello, everyone. More of a calming vibe at the start of this episode. I am your ghost host like and documentarian narrator, Noah. I'm upset and I'm Alex. <laughs> I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like that. Good. And this is Main Street Mechies, the show where two real life engineers and hopeful imagineers talk about all things Disney design. I thought I'd switch it up a bit. We usually really come in roaring. I thought I'd try something a little more gentle uh, with uh, an ad for the Year of a Million Dreams, which has nothing to do with this episode, but it was still fun nonetheless. I do think we dipped past gentle, and you like just <laughs> dipped a toe into ASMR, just kind of like a little scoosh, like... And just a dash case, of ASMR that that was no, that's not what we want. I think actually we said that in the first episode, like maybe second. We are not Disney ASMR. We don't want to be that. No, we will not be uh, clinking our nails against figment popcorn buckets uh, right up against a microphone. <laughs> that's got to be somebody's profile, right? Like that. Oh, that definitely. Has to be a thing that has to be. I feel it's like, like that's clicking what, clicking that, nails and jewelry against Disney merch. If that's not Disney ASMR, then I don't really know what is. But we're getting off track. No pun intended here. Um, on this <laughs> ah, on this episode, we thought we'd uh, veer back into the more technical after a an unintended long stint into the more kind of you know high concept design side of things, and talk about thrill rides. And how Disney tells stories when you're moving really, really fast. Yeah, and I think everybody can definitely see, like, the ways that on, like, the dark rides or the slow rides, there's, like, certain story elements. And we've talked about them, like, the turning the literal corner into the story, um, having certain scenes be certain ways, like the Peter Pan scene, uh that we've talked about, like, a few times is, is kind of, like, a real quintessential way to, like, create perspective and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but the moment you add speed of any like shape size or degree um it becomes a lot harder i mean test track is a decent example of one that is kind of a mix between a dark ride and a thrill ride but all of the story elements are during the dark ride portion Mm -hmm. you you barely see Actually, if you look, a lot of the details start disappearing once you start going faster. Once you do this, the durability, I can't remember if they're the durability test or the endurance test. The, um, but I don't know. Did the, you ride? Like you rode test the track. one at the end or the one right before the, the speed one? There's, there's two, there's the full speed test. And then I think it's like the response test where you're going actually pretty fast and like the semis coming at you and you do a quick turn. Oh, right, uh, right, 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 right. I did not ride it, but I yeah, do know what that you're one... talking about. Okay, yeah, I mean, well, Radiator Springs Racers is the exact same layout. Yeah. Just different different thing. But um, the details start, like, there's not as many fine details in that section because you're going by it relatively quick. So it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, there's some trees and some rocks and stuff like that. But then all the other sections, there's, like, circuit boards yeah. and, <laughs> and, like, video screens and, like, stuff for you to look at. Yeah. But, in the other one, you're going quick, and that's the point. Like, Right, and that kind of brings up like the main reason we even wanted to talk about this and how Disney mitigates it is like anytime you have a, a fast part of a ride that is, you know, that at least gives the appearance of having a plot, it's usually at the end, and you usually spend the whole first half of the ride justifying the fastness so that you're not just going fast for fast sake. Like in Test Track... It's to test the capability of the car in Radiator Springs. It's the big race that you've been like learning about and getting ready for as you travel through Radiator Springs. I will say there is a third option, just in in my personal Uh opinion, because there's that's how they have to do it when they tell the same kind of story as like a dark ride. Like when you're doing the same, it's like, oh, there's this whole plot and overarching thing. But there is rides where the speed is ingrained into the story. And the story becomes less about what you see and more about what you feel. 
rock and roller coaster for example Mm. i would say is a lot like that where you're feeling the music and you're feeling like the intensity yeah you see some things Mm -hmm. but you're flying by them and their purpose is to go by you quickly and so it's less they're still telling a full story but it's Mm -hmm. a different story than they would tell in a dark ride they're they're telling you a feel story like the one the kind you feel in the pit in your stomach yeah (laughs) um but yeah, so that's that's what we're going to be talking about today and going through just like a few examples of how they, yeah, like you said, how they mitigate it. And also, uh, I, I'll throw in a couple examples of what I mean by a different kind of story, because that was pretty vague. And, well, no, I, yeah. I I think you, you um, oh my gosh, what's the word? You verbalized that accurately. That's what I was going for. Um because, yeah, there is that third type, which is what I would say is the successful merging of a story ride with a thrill ride where, you know, you're going fast throughout the whole thing. So like Space Mountain and Expedition Everest, like there are story elements happening along the way as you are going fast and they might not be as detailed, but they're still telling a story. And I think that's still a challenge Disney's facing with new rides and even like, you know, this isn't a Disney problem alone just like some of the new rides like cosmic rewind how do you keep people thrilled engaged looking at the story and also like keep them able to recognize characters and not just see like flats as they go by like in rock and roller coaster and stuff like that so i i think you're definitely right that's the third type and there's probably more types and we're just oversimplifying but um before we get into some more nitty gritty. Uh, I have a question for you. In yeah, both both parks. What is your favorite Disney ride that you would call a thrill ride? Thrill ride or roller coaster? Th- thrill ride. I would. I mean, thrill if you ride. don't count okay. roller coasters, should we do as thrill both? Rides? Since this one specifically. <laughs> No, no, I just think, well, I count some simulation rides as thrill rides. Like, Flight of Passage, I would count as a thrill ride. But it's not a roller coaster, and we're not going to talk about it this episode. So, that's that's why I... There are thrill rides that aren't roller coasters, but all roller coasters are That's a good point. Okay, so then, your favorite ride that you experience actual physical motion for that could fit into the thrill category, yeah. Okay, I would say probably, hmm. See, the hard part is there's going to be some people screaming at me because I know that a lot of people would say the correct answer is Slinky Dog Dash, but I have not ridden Slinky Dog Dash yet. And yes, I did just go in January. I held off on riding Slinky Dog Dash so that my wife and I could ride it together because she was pregnant at the time Mm -hmm. and we will be going again. uh, Not anytime really soon, but um, when we go we'll be able to both experience it at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So Slinky Dog Dash removed from the equation completely. I would say my favorite overall roller coaster is probably objectively Expedition Everest. (laughs) Okay. Because it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, But I I have a soft spot for Thunder Mountain. So that's, that's where it gets difficult. I know Thunder Mountain isn't better. But I have a soft spot for it, so I almost... Like, it's my favorite roller coaster. It's not the best roller coaster there. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as California Adventure, or Disneyland slash California Adventure, I mean, it goes to Incredicoaster, like, mm-hmm. really quickly. That ride is just so fun. And I did ride it when it was California Screaming, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, the ride hasn't changed, but the Incredicoaster stuff is really cool. What, what about you? Uh, I honestly might have the same answers so uh first of all (laughs) i just i just love how you know this question is purely subjective it's like what is your personal preference and yet we still default to justifying our decisions and being like i know it's not the best coaster but it's my favorite (laughs) because well disney fans are passionate individuals and when it comes to the rides and stuff like that there are some things that there is a correct answer to. That is, that like, is true. I know, yeah. And, and and I know there are some people that are like, Space Mountain is definitely the best ride ever, and it's like all that kind of stuff. Space, Space Mountain makes me fear for my life as a six-foot-tall individual. <laughs> That's a different kind of fear. I love Space Mountain. 
it's janky. It gives me whiplash, and I will take the back cart every single time. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, you can't beat Thunder Mountain front view of the castle at night. You just can't beat it. Makes up for any amount of coolness that Space Mountain has that Big Thunder doesn't. Mm-hmm. And Everest is just awesome. Like that's yeah. that's that's no if ands or buts. Everest is just awesome. Yeah. So my answer is uh, Everest and Disney World, and yeah, in Incredicoaster in Disneyland. But like, yeah, I have a soft spot for the Thunder Mountain in Disneyland just because it's, it's honestly because it's easier to ride that than Incredicoaster when you're talking time. <laughs> There's usually a shorter wait, <laughs> and also. It's- <laughs> It's closer. You don't have to go all the way into California Adventure. But yeah. Um, so let's focus on Everest first. This is convenient that we both have the same answers. Um, why is Everest your favorite like roller coaster? I know that Disney doesn't have tons of coasters to choose from, but there's still like Rock and Roller Coaster and Space Mountain and Everest in uh, Disney World. Why didn't you pick either of those two? Well, I will say one, Everest, the queue is fantastic. Mm. So there's like already the queue does a very good job at telling the story before you get to the ride, which is something with coasters. If you're trying to tell a story is super important Mm -hmm. because that is the time that people will be moving the slowest, obviously. (laughs) And some people will just be standing still. And so there's like... It's a weird thing with roller coaster cues. I've I've noticed mm-hmm. you are expecting to go fast and have a thrilling experience, so it's almost like the cue has like a different expectation from it. Like it's like there's a level of tension that I feel like is supposed yeah. to mount as you're walking, and you can see that when you're going in, and you can uh like you can hear and see people scream. As you're walking yeah. <laughs> through a lot of roller coaster cues, they want you to hear the screaming. They want you to hear the fear because that's why you ride a roller coaster to be thrilled, to be right. scared. And so, but I love the the cue because it's just really cool. And I'm trying to like quantify it. I mean, it's just a well made coaster for one. Like mm-hmm. it's just well done. Um, and it does a very good job of like integrating Animal Kingdom's overall aesthetic into a roller coaster vibe. Like it's using a lot of natural elements that feel very good and operate well in the space. That's mm-hmm. just kind of cool. There's there's a similar really neat view. Uh, like right when you go in, like as you're going up that first, uh, I can, I can never remember the name of the mechanisms, but the mechanism that pulled the coaster up, do you have that name? Oh, just your head? like the lift hill. Yeah. The lift hill. Uh-huh. Thank you. I knew it was something yeah. really simple. I got, uh, you. so when you go off that first lift hill, um, there's a really cool view of like the tree of life. And if you go at night or when it gets dark, like trees all lit up with those projection screens and it looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, so there's a really cool view there. But then just the whole ride in general is very good at mounting tension, not just in the feel, like, not just in the fact that you're going quick, but the, like, oh, there's something coming Mm -hmm, all the way up until the point of that really, really big drop that just makes your stomach go into your throat. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, I mean, that's forcing pauses right before you go to... uh, right before you like go up to the tracks and go backwards Mm -hmm. that pause right there if you think about it is not does not have to be there they could have lengthened a piece of the track so that by the time because that pause is made so that the tracks can flip right and so um so that you can go instead of going back to where you came from you can go backwards and do your loop-de-loop and go out of the mountain Mm -hmm. that's what that pause is for they didn't have to have that there they could have increase the length of the track both ways so that by the time that you hit the end of that you're only paused for like a second and a half and then you go backwards because the track started Mm -hmm. flipping while you were already on it they could have done that relatively easily they didn't and their reason is because they forced you to stop in a thing where you expected to move throws off what your throws off your expectations and makes you feel unsettled 
that mixed with the imagery that they had on there. If you ignore all the hair ties that people decide to throw around there, um, (laughs) creates a really unsettling picture as you then go and move in the exact opposite direction that a coaster should move. You expect to move forward. You now go backwards and you feel yourself spin. If they had a working Yeti animatronic, like the full thing would be sealed up. I don't think they're ever going to fix that thing. No, it's been broken pretty much since it began. Yeah, it, yeah, he he does um, his job but, well enough. <laughs> yeah, he's there. But all of those things, I like the coasters that try and integrate, like change, rather than trying to tell a story of a dark coaster or a dark ride mm-hmm. by like stopping and going slower. Like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train does this. Yeah. Where there's a coaster and then you slow down to look at the cool uh, dwarf animatronics. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's not my favorite. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think it's a little overrated, to be honest, and it's so smooth that it's almost not thrilling. I um, got sleepy the one time I wrote it, so yeah, I agree. <laughs> it rocks you. It, it does. Rocks you. But I, I don't I don't necessarily like those. I, I think the speed uh, a roller coaster is not an excuse to not tell a story, it's just an option to be able to tell a different story. Yeah. And it should feel like a story of like being chased by something or chasing something down or like those kind of elements of tension are very well established in a roller coaster and if you can just throw people off like they do in everest you even if you know what's coming you kind of feel that like tension in your chest Mm -hmm. of like you know it's coming you don't fully know when exactly it's gonna happen and then you just get rocketed back. Yeah. And it's it, it they just do all that very they tell the speed based story very well in that ride. And so I've always loved it. I think that was expertly articulated. And by the way, articulated is the word I was looking for the first time around. Hey, hey there we go. Cab. <laughs> uh, you touched on a lot of things, and I just wanna go back and reiterate some of those that I really liked. So the whole idea of like building tension with a roller coaster. Like, you only see the actual Yeti once in the whole ride. And yet, like, from the second you enter the queue, you can tell that the whole focus is the Yeti. And it's all you're thinking about. And you're learning about, like, how elusive it is and how it's, you know, in all the mythos of the area. And even as you're going through the ride, you see more and more signs of the Yeti existing. And then you finally see the Yeti in all of its uh, static glory. Um that and then I really like how you said, you know, with a roller a roller coaster isn't a reason to not tell a story. It's like a new set of tools to tell the story a different way. You use what a roller coaster can do that no other ride type can do, and that's go fast and like physically mm-hmm. jar you and kind of going along do actual loops do, and yeah. <laughs> like move you in way it move you in unexpected ways you can't do that on a trackless ride vehicle the ride vehicle's not going upside down yeah yeah like that's <laughs> not you're yet. only doing that if you're not yet but you're only doing that if you're popping at least 30 like how i mean space mountain goes what like 25 miles an hour yeah I want to um, say how fast does Everest go? Expedition Everest, I want to say, gets into like the fifties. It's one of the fastest fifty on the dot. Nice, and it's on that yeah. drop. So yeah. I mean, yeah. So I mean, that's just kind of one of those things where you're not going to get those things. It, it, yeah, like like you're like we were saying, it's it's just a different way to tell a story. You have new options in your tool belt. So I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the question around on you. Okay. But we both said Everest, so now I want to hear why you like California Scream. Okay. So, or I guess in Credit Coaster now. Yeah, in Credit Coaster. Same thing. I and I will say that I guess it is important that it's in Credit Coaster and not California Screamin' because California Screamin' did not really have any story uh, at all. Yeah. So, but now, you know, and I mean, in Disneyland, you've got California, dang it, Incredicoaster, um, Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain, that's it. Yes. Matterhorn? Oh, Matterhorn, yes. And Matterhorn to pick from. Um, And I will say Incredicoaster because I think it is the most thrilling of those four while still telling story, like they all tell a good story, 
But I think in Coaster, like, Imagineering did their best to slap some story into a ride that was designed and built with absolutely no intention of ever adding story to it. So, you know, the fact that they they built kind of like, you know, story scenes throughout the ride is something pretty cool and kind of unique to that ride as far as I've experienced. Like, you know, let's take Matterhorn, for example. You get... A little bit of story at the top when you're like just starting to pick up speed and you see like the old remnants of the, the last expedition you see the yeti once it's mountain 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 uh yeti is or abominable snowman a second time and then you're done um with coasters, you've got like we mentioned with um everest there's kind of like priming done in the queue which also wasn't easy to do because Incredicoaster has a really small, cramped queue. So the, they added, yeah. you know, info placards about all of the Incredibles. You've got news reels running on those TVs. Um, and then you've got the audio that plays along the whole time with dialogue from the characters explaining what's going on and why you're doing what you're doing and why there's a million babies on a stick all of a sudden as you're ending the ride. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that... A side note, that effect, I'm sure, looked great in concept art, and at night it does look a little better, but if there's any daylight, it really just looks like a lot of babies on sticks. <laughs> but <laughs> that's a digression. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I, I I think that one is a mix of, like, nostalgia, because I've I always liked California Screamin', and I still like it, because it's the same ride physically. It's, you know, it's the same turns, the same loop, the same speeds... Um, but then to add some story elements while keeping the high energy-ness of just playing like a, a surf rock soundtrack during California Screamin', I think they did a pretty good job of doing that. Um, and so it, as far as, you know, we, we mentioned the difference between thrill rides and roller coasters and, you know, coasters are thrill rides, but all, not all thrill rides are coasters. I think Coaster is my favorite. Uh, yeah, solely because it actually tells a constant story throughout the ride, whereas the others don't really do that. It's more of a environmental, you know, you're in the Wild West, go, go get them, have fun. Whereas with this one, there's like plot points that you can point out. Yeah, and I, so the funny, I think that's actually a good kind of point to. I, I like what you said, and that is pretty interesting that to look at from like a standpoint of there was nothing there before and just how impressive it is mm-hmm. at what it is now that that is honestly really impressive that the imagineers were able to make it seem like it was there the whole time and it, it makes sense it, it doesn't it's not slapped in there it's it looks like it's meant to be there right but i think that's honestly that's a decent jump off point to kind of the second half of this discussion which isn't like our favorite coasters and why they're awesome (laughs) but the actual like how they make these coasters different because we kind of talked in the game that there's kind of three there's three groups and uh we talked about a few examples of each of them at this point so there's the ones that are kind of a mixture of a dark ride and a coaster to where they slow down uh, to tell story elements mm-hmm. essentially and so i mean i would i would put test track into like roller coaster territory even though it's not a stereotypical roller sure, coaster. sure yeah um it's a it's a fast moving <clears throat> fast moving uh seated attraction um that that fulfills that spot um i i feel like if we wouldn't if we don't put uh, don't put that and racers in there. I feel like we're in we're running into the territory of is Guardians of the Galaxy even a roller coaster? Right. Um, because it's it's a ride vehicle thing rather than a <clears throat> classification. But so there's those where they literally have points where they they stop, they slow down, they they allow you to look at things. Mm-hmm. And they're still going faster than the normal dark ride, so sure, yeah. that kind of creates, honestly, like an element of 
riding it multiple times and seeing something new every time, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, something that still happens on dark rides, but I feel like it's a little easier to catch things. Um, so you have those. And then you also have the environmental ones, like you were just talking about. And that's your your big thunders, your uh, your space mountains. Um, Trying to think of some other ones. There's there's not a lot of coasters at at either of these, uh, either world or land. But those are kind of like the two big examples. Yeah. Of you're in a you're in an area. There's not a story. Space Mountain story is you're in space. Like yeah, <laughs> that's that's what they want you to feel. Big Thunder story is you're in the Wild West. Um, and before people throw it out, I I would put Splash in the first category. Yeah same uh of the even though it's like pretty much mostly slow ride with one drop right it's still still counted in that coaster grouping by most people um and then the the final grouping of that is is what we just talked about earlier where the like the speed's part of the ride or part of the story so expedition everest rock and roller coaster Incredicoaster. coaster i would say disney's heavy hitters in the coaster world mm-hmm. essentially um and so let's just go through each of those and just kind of talk about the different mechanisms that they use Ooh. in those to kind of tell these tell these stories differently so let, let's start with kind of the i i would say <clears throat> maybe not you and i's least favorite but the one that is the is the least coastery essentially because <laughs> it has elements where it's not a coaster um so that that's the our radiator springs racers our test track oh, our seven okay. horse mine train that um these mixture rides so quick question on that so would you <clears throat> uh, no i don't know i'm i'm trying to figure out what category indiana jones slash dinosaur fits into here because doesn't hit speeds anywhere near what Test Track and Radiator Springs hit. But it also is kind of like there are some slow story parts and there are some quicker, you know, thrill parts. But I don't know if that necessarily includes it in this, like, almost a coaster category. I would say because of the speed, it's probably not a mm-hmm. probably not a coaster. Okay, yeah. I would say those more are thrill rides, in in the same way that that flight of passage or Soren is a flow r- thrill ride. Okay, yeah. I would kind of put those on same. And we, I mean, we could be people probably disagree with the fact that we're putting test track and racers on there. Eh. But just thinking mechanism wise, yeah. The mechanism driving those cars is near identical to the mechanism right, driving right. those coasters. So, then starting with, <clears throat> with Test Track and Cars as the least coaster-like coasters on this list. What was the question you asked? Sorry, I went off on a tangent. No, you're good. So, it's like, what what's kind of the, the mechanisms that characterize these oh. things? Like, what's, what's some examples of the things that put them in this category? I mean, we, we kind of, like, briefly touched yeah, on it. Yeah, but... yeah. So, well, with those two, I think the main thing that... I guess, instead of saying what makes those not a coaster, I'd say what makes something definitively a coaster is having, uh, I think, maybe not visible tracks, but there are tracks that the cars are riding on and there are segments of the ride where the only thing moving the vehicle is gravity. So while that kind of excludes these two rides as quote unquote coasters, I will keep them in because you know, the end segments you hit pretty high speeds and for all intents and purposes, that could be a coaster. Like it'd be the same experience if you did the dark ride section and then you, you know, jumped off and hopped into a roller coaster vehicle and then it sent you flying down the track. I think it'd be the same experience. Um, what sets them apart from coasters, though, and this is this line is kind of becoming blurred, 
is just the control over the vehicles for like the first half of the ride just because you know you can have a section where you're slowly going up a hill or slowly going down a hill or making like really sharp turns in a small building that you probably wouldn't be able to do in a coaster i'm trying to think of if there's anything else that sets it aside like experience wise i think those are the the main big ones is it kind of sits on that line between dark ride and uh coaster yeah and i think by definition these technically aren't roller coasters mm-hmm. like like seven dwarves mine train is still a roller coaster right yeah like by by definition but these are just kind of on that teetered line where I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call them just like a normal throw ride. Mm-hmm. Um, they are throw rides, but they, they are treated by Disney, in my opinion, as coasters. That's the that's the slot that they fill in their in their respective areas. I mean, for a while, Test Track was the only thrill ride in Epcot. Right. And then Soren came in, but some people don't even consider Thorin a Soren a thrill ride. Mm-hmm. But those up until recently were the only two thrill rides in Epcot. Um and so they fill that that slot that Disney puts down for the coasters. Mm-hmm. And so that's I wouldn't I wouldn't say Indiana Jones fills that slot. Right. Um, or dinosaur fills that slot. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put those in the same category either within the like the guest minds, or within the Imagineers minds. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like kind of comparisons, now that we've talked about like some differences between that and like the coaster version of this, which can you think of anyone other than Seven Dwarfs? I guess I don't know. I feel like Space Mountain kind of has that except there's no middle scene but there's very much like slow beginning where there's not really well in magic kingdom there's like some exposition where you get to see like those astronauts working on the ship and all that um yeah but that's just the lift that's just the lift but that's just they just they just happen to put something by the lift yeah i don't there's or not happen to they just put stuff by it and i it's tough because with Rock and Roller Coaster, like in my head, Rock and Roller Coaster and Space Mountain are very similar, except Rock and Roller Coaster just has some more things to look at in the middle of the ride. Like they both have beginning mm-hmm. and end, but the middle part is just kind of like looking at things as they go by. Granted, in Rock and Roller Coaster, you can see like, oh, we're driving through this area and we're heading this way and uh, there's traffic and landmarks. And in Space Mountain, it's just like space, space, more space. Cool. So, okay. I actually do have, I actually do have an argument of why those two are, two are different. Okay. And we'll, we'll get to that. I do have an argument for that, but I, I can't. So you, can you not think of any other? Not in. Because I'm stuck. I can only. Yeah. Not in uh, the two U.S. parks. Um, I know Paris's Space Mountain is very similar to Rock and Roller Coaster in that they're actually like landmarks as you go by and things that kind mm. of track the plot, but not in the U.S. that I can think of. I think Seven Dwarves is like the only one. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to focus on Seven Dwarves, but this is still a tie. And again, Disney doesn't have a ton of, ton of th- like coaster thrill rides. That's never been kind of their right. bread and butter. Maybe that that will change with the new Guardians system, uh, which we'll we'll kind of touch on at the end. Um, but essentially, they they added a section where the cart has slowed down so that they could tell essentially the full story, and um, that's that's what Test Track does. That's what Radiator Springs does. Those fast sections aren't used to tell anything. In Radiator Springs, it's technically a race. And in uh, test track, it's it's like a performance test, but you're not being shown things to increase the story. You're not not progressing anywhere. You're not meeting new characters. No new details are being put forth to you uh-huh. because you're not able to look at them. So when they go fast, they just focus on going fast, and that's what that's what Seven Dwarfs does is pretty much the whole begin whole beginning portion of the ride until you hit that cave. Where it like 
shows all the animatronics and shows Snow White's house with the dwarves inside of it and like all that stuff at the end during your slowdown period. Uh-huh. Um, that's the only point where there's really any story. And so that's why it's like they essentially just focused on going fast and went like, hey, look at this cool ride vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they needed to put in the story, because that's what Disney does with rides, they used the slowdown period or a period of stasis to show you that story. Yeah, yeah. And so that's that's kind of what makes this category different is they didn't integrate the story into the environment or they didn't integrate the story into the ride itself. They just told it mm-hmm. right at the end or right at a certain spot or during the beginning and then went fast. Like, they separated the two. Um, And then, so, after that, there's the second category that we talked about, and that's the environmental one. And this is where we can get into the rock and roller Space Mountain conversation. Because <laughs> I would say that Space Mountain and Rock and Roller Coaster are, are in different categories. That rock and roller coaster is more in the speed is the story category. Okay. And the main reason is because of, honestly, the big the big determining factor is the kickoff. I would say that Space Mountain has a very like quintessential roller coaster kickoff. At least it does at Magic Kingdom. Yeah. You do your check, it rolls around, and then you kind of like just start. Like you go around a corner. And if I'm remembering this right, you go around the corner, yeah. you go through that tube, and then you kind of, like, go into your dip and start the ride. Right, yes. Um, Rock and Roller Coaster does the exact same thing as Everest does of build tension. And it sits you in front. It's a big coaster, so they would need to do it a lot better than they do at Space Mountain. But there's nothing stopping every single coaster on this list from doing that exact yeah. sequence of events <laughs> of turn a corner, do a dip. Let's begin. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, Rock and Roller Coaster puts you right in front of the tunnel, blasts Aerosmith in your ears, and goes, three, <laughs> two, one, and launches you. And that that used to terrify me. Yeah. I hated that launch. I still don't love it, but I know what it does now. It's to make you feel that tension, that anticipation of like, oh God, it's coming. And it blasts you off with that really intense launch. And that to me is why it, why it changes. Because to me, that launch solidifies the story of this, of this ride is you're blowing through this ride. And you're, you're on, you're running from time. In Everest, you're running from the Yeti. In this one, you're running from time. You have to get somewhere super quick, and we're going to blast you there. And that's the story. That's like the story in a nutshell. The stuff you're passing is to just show you that you're passing things quickly. Not to really tell you anything. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Space Mountain, you're, you're in the environment. You're, that's, that's the story they're telling is, you're in space, and everything should remind you that you're in space. Mm-hmm. Everest and Rock and Roller Coaster, uh, and Incredicoaster, all the elements there are to remind you that you are chasing something, running from something, or trying to beat something. Mm-hmm. Every single element shows you that, and that you need to do it quickly. And that, to me, is what separates these. Okay. So. From each other. I have two two questions. First of all, I agree. Like you've convinced me with with you know things as they are with the Space Mountains versus Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah, yes. the 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 speed <laughs> the speed is part of the story in Rock and Roller Coaster, whereas the speed doesn't play into the story at all in Space Mountain. So, um, my first question is: so you've you've been on like Space Mountain when the Star Wars overlay has been active, right? I think once, but I'm I don't really remember. Okay, so my question was going to be does the Star Wars overlay change that classification because now with like the Star Wars overlay, there are enemy ships that are sh- actively like shooting at you when you're going when you're banking around a corner, there's like a ship that looks like it's about to hit you and there are like, you know, blasters coming over your head while you're flying through 
does that add enough of a story and like justification of the movements to still keep it in the environmental category or at that point is the motion a part of the story do you think i mean i i don't think i can answer that question as the person who's right who's not written it but i i I would ask you as somebody who's written it <laughs> when when you're writing hyperspace mountain versus space mountain do those elements that they've added do do you feel the tension like are they does it it is maybe maybe you don't feel it explicitly but can you feel the intention behind the design that yeah, you're yeah. supposed to feel and, anxious and I like is that now the focus and I think with that overlay then yes because there are times with that overlay where i'm finding myself like leaning in the direction away from something that's coming towards us or like there's a speed up with like a dip where it makes sense where we need to dodge something so at that point i can feel like there are stakes at play and it's not so much a oh space hold your breath but now it's like okay don't want to get <laughs> shot out of space let's evade all of these bad guys that are attacking i think that changes it and that leads into my second question which is if space mountain and this is you know magic kingdom and disneyland if instead of a a lift hill where you just chugged up the hill rounded a corner and then dipped in and started doing roller coaster things if instead of that there was a launch like with rock and roller coaster or like with the space mountain in Paris, which has a, a launch up a hill and it's built into the story. Like that's your spacecraft launching. If that was the only change, if you know, instead of a clunky lift hill, there was an event of launching into the ride. Would that change how you feel about this being an environmental ride versus a, a, you know motion is part of the story ride or is that not enough i, I honestly i would say it's still an environmental ride mm-hmm. and and the the main reason is I, I i mentioned earlier how good the queue was for everest and you mentioned that it sets up immediately that there is a thing called the yeti that is protecting these mountains that you might interact with mm-hmm and it already like puts your brain on alert of like I need to watch out for the yeti um and stuff like that it's like you're you're looking for something already mm-hmm. before you even get on the ride rock and roller coaster does this exact same thing it sets up that there's a concert that you got backstage tickets to and aerosmith messed around <laughs> and resulted in you not getting there in time like it's going to result in you not getting there in time and so there is this time-based or threat-based goal that is there and active and constantly at your back. And that, to me, is the bigger difference. The launches and the going backwards and the unsettling part of it are a, are a result of following that path. Mm-hmm. I don't th- Or of following that story. I wouldn't say that they create the story. And so if they were to also change, like, the cue or the story of Space Mountain yeah, and added that launch, I would say then yes. Yes, it, it changes. But if, if they just launch you and in the end the story is still, look, you're in space, like... Right. You're, you're, still, you're still just in space. And there's nothing... I, that's not saying that one of these rides is better than the other right like like this isn't this isn't like oh the i i I think i said earlier that they're like the quintessential disney rides but it's just more it's like the it's a blend of speed and story Mm -hmm. um whereas these ones are just kind of speed in an environment which is awesome and super cool and i love them dearly um but they're not they're not telling a story you're you're in an environment and that's their story and so it's it's just different. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I just wanted to see, like, how much... Because I, I think I'm in the same boat as you, where, like, so what if the launch is a little more exciting? There's still no plot. There's no conflict. There's no resolution. Nothing changes. I'm still just 
in space with, you know, a slightly more exciting way of getting there. So I, I completely get what you're saying, and I agree. Um, before we move on, we are nearing, you know, the end segment of a regular running episode. Um, I've got a mouse geared ready. Do we want to keep going into this discussion and do a long one, or do we want to... I didn't think we'd need a part two, but do we want to set some aside for a, a part two and get into some mouse geared? Yeah, let's. I, I say let's let's set aside uh, some time and do kind of a shorter part two. Nice next week. Okay. Um, because we got to talk about guardians. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I want I want to hear from you about guardians because I don't I haven't watched yeah. it. I know you have. <laughs> So I will. I will need you to definitely lead on that one hundred percent. Okay. Um, but I, I. I. think next. Honestly, let's let's do a Guardians episode next week. Nice. Let's let's have this be our lead into the to the Guardians ride, and I. I might break my rule so I can oh. add to the discussion. Wow, you hear you heard it here first. This would be a, a lifetime first for you, I think, to watch a ride video. It would. Pre-ride. I have never watched a ride video. <laughs> I'm still deciding though. That's... I kind of, I, but I also know I'm not going to go there for a couple years. So right. it's like, it's like, well, nah. you'll listeners, you'll have to tune into the next episode to find out if Alex will break his life sworn oath to not watch ride videos pre ride. Um, for the sake this of is our... the lowest stakes <laughs> in human history, <laughs> but still it's a call to action. Um, so yeah, oh, uh, stay tuned next week for part two of this uh, coaster discussion with more of a focus on Cosmic Rewind and where Disney's heading. But right now, it's time that we get back into some mouse geared. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's been a long time since we've done a mouse geared like this you know we I, like a normal one, like a yeah. normal one the last one we did was uh when we did carousel of progress in episode 32 so we're on 38 right now it's it's been a little bit god we're getting close to that 52 we are, we're getting That's close. Be fun. we've we've got we've got ideas we've got things in store listeners um oh yeah we'll tell you later yeah. but <laughs> it's good stuff a- ask me later I, I i'm busy right now okay so yeah, yeah. <laughs> for this mouse geared, uh, we're going to do one that you and I have actually done before, but that episode never saw the light of day due to technical issues. Uh, we are going to be oh. doing Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin slash Astro Blasters. I remember us doing this. This was uh, this was going to be episode six, and then the audio got corrupted, and this episode was lost to the ether. And I'm bringing it back now that we have done 30 plus episodes since then. <laughs> um, and hope that it's not that this wasn't the thing that killed it. Like, <laughs> that's true. We'll find out. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear corrupted it. Buzz Lightyear is just cursed enough that it corrupts audio files. <laughs> so uh, I'll give you some time to, to brainstorm while I uh, go over the plot, I guess, for this attraction. So listeners... Coming a little closer. Let's let's talk about this. Uh, Buzz Lightyear in Magic Kingdom. It is Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. In Disneyland, it is Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters. Same ride concept either way. Uh, you have been recruited by Buzz Lightyear to venture out and fight Zerg and his evil forces and some other goofy-looking aliens that you see along the way. Um, you and one friend that you would like to destroy in a competitive sense, uh, enter a, a ride vehicle, I guess, a little spaceship. You each have a laser blaster, and there's a joystick between the two of you that uh, spins your car so you can face any direction you'd like. It is an Omnimover-style ride, which is what Haunted Mansion is, so all the ride vehicles are connected, and they all move at the same speed, and there are various targets that light up, uh, that you can shoot. There are some just space-themed scenes. There's a big Emperor Zerg fight at the end. There's some big robots. Honestly, like, the scenes in this ride are pretty cool. It's all, like, black-lit and kind of done like an arc- or a carnival game, but on a bigger scale. Uh, and you can keep track of your score, 
And then at the end, there's a chart where you can compare your scores and, and see what rank you achieved as a space ranger. I think I nailed it. I, I'll be honest, I haven't ridden space ranger spin. I've only done astro blasters, but I'm pretty sure they're basically the same. They're basically the same, but Astro Blasters is better, and the main reason is because you can pick up the gun. Uh, Wait, like you the can, laser gun? You they're they're attached on the Space Ranger spin. Really? Yeah. Did you not know that? I'm looking this up now. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. They are fastened. They are fastened oh, to the no, cart. No, it's like and a you little have turret. To, so. There's a little, there's a little joystick that, uh, that you turn left and right and one person gets to use it because only, there's only one joystick and you have to essentially like just hope that the person turning it (laughs) keeps you where you're supposed to be. That, and so, yeah, that's brutal. My dad and I would, would ride this together often and we always uh would have to fight about where that joystick's supposed to be that and yeah that joystick is a lot more important to your performance in space ranger spin than it is in astro blasters it is (laughs) it is incredibly powerful my dad did use it to mess me up more than he used to help himself classic um (laughs) because if he saw i was getting too many points i'm pretty sure he'd spin us so that i wasn't at that target anymore. <laughs> he had to humble you some way, uh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'll be honest, so so okay, on this one. Funny enough, just last week I watched the movie Lightyear. Ooh, um, nice. Which awesome movie. I actually really enjoyed it. Cool. Um, I have not seen it yet, but I want to. It's a good one. It's it's a it's a cute one. I I like the the story behind it that like they start out the movie saying it's like in 19 19- 90 something whenever like toy story technically happens uh-huh. uh uh a young boy named andy saw a movie that resulted him getting a toy for his birthday Ooh. um or or it's like young andy got no it was a he got a toy for his birthday from his favorite movie this is that movie. <laughs> that they show that on the screen that's awesome and it's it's kind of it's a really cool a really cool thing so Lightyear is meant to be the movie andy saw that made him nice Buzz Lightyear. that's a cool tie-in and yeah it's it's a neat it's a really neat way to do it and it was a, it was a neat show and so i think that the way that you do this is you reskin it but reskin it as itself essentially uh-huh so i i want to update buzz lightyear to be lightyear like do using that stuff because the way that they like do an homage to the more like toyified version yeah that has been like the cartoons and i watched the buzz lightyear space ranger cartoons when i was a kid like it was very much more that that's what the current one is. Mm-hmm. I want to see a little bit more of the modern sci-fi look that they did for the Lightyear movie. Okay. Um, and where it's like Zerg is like a mech robot, and like yeah, like a little like like a very like cool looking aesthetic. Um, that's a little bit more like modern sci-fi. Um, I think refreshing it up to that. And then the other aspect I would change, especially for the Magic Kingdom one, but I think for the, uh, for the, uh, the Disneyland one as well, this would be cool. Um, do something similar to how they do, uh, the, the Web Slingers Oh, one, okay. Um, where I would do wrist lasers, essentially. Um... Where whether maybe they clip onto like your magic band or oh. something like that, um, so that you can have like a wrist attached laser mm-hmm. um, that you're shooting from, rather than uh, rather than having like a gun or something like that. I think that would be a really cool aspect to it. And the wrist laser in a uh, in Lightyear that he uses before they like integrate it into the suit and stuff like that. Oh. It's kind of like cool and steampunky, and I very much enjoy that aesthetic. Yeah. And so using like those, um, they could probably put like a couple different sizes, or maybe it's like they have a bin that's for it's like adult size lasers, kid size lasers, yeah. and they just like 
use your magic band as a holder to kind of like slip onto. Um, and hey, they just did magic band plus, so there's some really cool stuff. Yeah, really. That. <laughs> um, and so doing that, and then instead of the video screen scene that you go when you fight Zerg in space, I want a big old animatronic Zerg that's like straddling the. Uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> straddling the track, and you're shooting up at. I think that would be much cooler. So wait, um, like s- sparks flying and smoke and stuff like that. That would be a really cool way to kind of like modern up the ride. Okay, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. So, so kind of reskin it to the Lightyear canon, like based on the recent film, which includes an, an overall kind of aesthetic change, um, and then wrist lasers instead of guns mounted to the vehicle. And so, and this is part of mine too, is a more like physically present Zerg boss fight that's a little more, not impending, but a little more, you know, present and kind of terrifying than the existing one. The Zerg boss fight sucks. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my least favorite part of the ride because I never know if I'm actually hitting him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, I don't, I don't actually know if I'm getting any points of that out of that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really look like it. So I, I don't really like doing it. That, that ride, um, in my opinion, its strength pulls from the non video screen section of it. You're not going to beat Toy Story unless you just decide to do Toy Story. Sure. Toy Story Mania. Like, so instead, focus on your physical and do the do the big animatronics and the 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 big mechanical pieces like focus mm-hmm. on that that's your that's your strength with that ride is have a dinosaur sized zerg oh god like, <laughs> like the animatronic dinosaur and dinosaur yeah um or or drastic the the you know the new universal one. Oh my god do something that big just looming over me and i have to shoot at points yeah. of it like that's what i want i like it that's i'm all right, let me let me hear yours. I, I'm excited to hear yours now. <laughs> you touched on a couple things that are in mine as well. So, uh, I mine wouldn't be a retheme; it would just be updating. And um, while I I probably wouldn't, you know, I haven't seen Lightyear yet, so mine was not updated to the Lightyear style. Um, it was mainly just kind of, you know, I think the best part of that ride, like you said, is like the physical presence of it and the more mechanical things and the actual set pieces that you can see as you move around them. Um, So my first change would be uh, to develop the technology. And this probably would end up in it becoming a a trackless ride. Um, Multiple routes that your vehicle can take that you don't have any say in, but like you start in a line and then you'll go off to the right the car behind you goes down the center and the one behind them goes off to the left and you experience three different scenarios within the ride like one of them is within zerg's lair one of them is like the you know the planet outside of it and the other is like you're still on the ship and aliens are coming in and you know breaking things um i'd want to add that uh, you already mentioned more like actual animatronics. I think a a large Zerg animatronic would be much appreciated, just in adding some life to that, you know, quote unquote boss fight. Because yeah, it's it's tough to feel like you're actually doing anything when he just repeats the same motions over and over, and maybe you hear a little noise ding when you hit the targets. Um, tying in with that is instead of an Omni Mover this being a trackless dark ride, release riders in batches so that you can have effects that show damage. So like if you're shooting Zerg in one spot, maybe have a projector that actually shows like his armor cracking a little bit or showing wear and tear in certain areas that you can focus on. And maybe every so many riders, you actually, you know, defeat him and you can watch some pre-programmed animation go and then it resets before the next batch comes in. Um, something to make it feel less like a carnival game you're going through and more like a story you're a part of. And then the last thing was, uh, something that kind of, you know, you still have the scores. So you and the person you're riding with can see who did better, but giving each vehicle sort of like splash effects, like splash damage things you can do. So if you collectively get a certain number of points in your car, you can hit a button and it's just like any targets around you go out and you get those. Um, 
something to kind of encourage collaboration instead of like competition so you can get that cool effect and knock things out um as you go through the ride that's that's what i would want to do i love that so i i got i got a couple ideas onto this um so i like switching it to a track list i think that would be really cool what if you did kind of the story instead of like you're going and fighting zerg like zerg went after your ship and so there's a bunch Ooh. of like spots now that need to be taken care of like there's one spot where the robots are breaking in there's one spot where uh where like things are broken and so your your lasers will change Ooh. to weld mode and you're like fixing the ship so there's like three different avenues you're going down i don't know what yeah. the third one would be maybe there's two blast the robots but um so it's like you go in and you have like a deep briefing room and so this was my solution to your uh or like what i was thinking you could do for for like to show zerg with damage so you essentially have like three stages you have the debriefing room where it's like everybody gets in their Uh cart there's a little like training exercise essentially and then they send you on your way there's the spot where you're in where you're going through the rooms and like fighting robots or fixing things and then the last one is a quote-unquote boss fight yeah taking damage and everybody like reconvenes and so everybody's shooting at him at once he's taking damage but that way between the like second quarter of the uh second quarter of the middle room and the debriefing room that gives you enough time to do a full boss fight nice no i I like like between those two you use you essentially it's like you don't do a uh you don't do an intro video until you get people onto the carts. Right. And that lets you space that it might out be enough. a little difficult to do, but, or maybe it's like, instead of like having people like sit around in the debriefing room, you just have a decently sized training, training track. Yeah. Where everybody's kind of spinning around each other. Maybe you make it so it's like, like you're doing training and then you get attacked by Zerg. So all of, like, the trackless ride vehicles are spinning around each other, and you can shoot each other. I like that. Um, (laughs) And then they send you off to go fix the ship and all that kind of stuff. That that would be super fun. That would be awesome. I really like that. That's Man, we, like, ended up half-schmorging this one, and I love it. (laughs) I I think this is more doable than schmorg. I think so. This actually would be, like, a a doable ride, I think. Yeah, this is what schmorg should have been. Huh. Yeah, no kidding. Nice. Or, I don't know, Smorg was good. Smorg was or good. That's true. Uh, Smorg is a, is a nice, is a good child. <laughs> Smorg is a good uh, boy. I don't want to slander <laughs> his name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. I like that. That was a great that idea. That was good. Man. Well, well done. No, that, that one goes to you. That was, that was good. Doing, I didn't even think about changing it to trackless. That opens it up so much. I'm not going to lie, I made the, the, the decision to do it trackless while I was saying that sentence, because uh, I had written down an idea of just keeping it as an Omnimover, and I was like, this makes more sense as trackless, so we'll do that. Hey, all I did was add, all I did was change the animatronics, essentially, which, <laughs> and add wrist lasers, uh, <laughs> which would be very cool and in, in connection with the lore, but, you know, regardless... That was a great mouse geared, and it feels good to be back doing short form mouse geared. <laughs> it does. It really does. Well, I think that that wraps up at least the uh, first part of this topic. We'll be we'll do another uh, just quick, probably a quicker episode next week, yeah. just kind of wrapping up the discussion and talking about guardians because there's plenty that we can talk about guardians because that's mm-hmm. kind of the the true. At least from what I've seen and heard, that's kind of the true, uh, uh, like big thing that Disney's been able to do in storytelling on roller coasters. That that it's a huge sign for the things to come. Yeah, yeah. From Disney as as someone who's watched the videos of it, let me tell you, you'll have to listen next week to hear our full discussion on that. And that's where we'll leave it. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to this episode of Main Street Mackies. If you liked what you hear, if you liked what you heard, come on, grammar, go check out some of our previous episodes. <laughs> we just did a tri- Disney trivia episode. It was the most recent one. But we've got lots of other ones like this that are more technical or some that are more design experience focused. So go look at those. Uh, we are on Instagram at Main Street Mackies. There is a 
ceremonial email address, MainStreetMackies at gmail.com, that you can check out. Uh, leave us some five-star reviews on wherever you listen to podcasts, and I believe if you do so, by the next uh, recording, Alex will read them in the, is it the Goofy voice? No, the Mickey voice? In Mickey, whenever whenever you end yeah. up sending them in, essentially it's like if somebody, if only one person sends it in next week, only one gets read, but if like seven people send it in, then... I guess yeah. I'm just sad. Um, yes, but you will be. I will read it in the Mickey Mouse voice that I have actually used yeah. for jokes uh, with friends many times. I've been told it's not not horrific, uh, which is decent in comparison to the Goofy and the Donald Duck. Uh, <laughs> so, so if you want to hear that, leave a five-star <laughs> review and... Uh... You'll hear it on the episode after you leave that review, if you are among the first. And this isn't um, a bragging Alex... thing. This is so that you can laugh at me, because it's not good. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, this yeah isn't... we're not proud of these. No, no, no. This is incentive to punish us, essentially, is what we're giving. Because they also much, don't yeah, feel yeah. good to use. No, they do not. Yeah. <laughs> um, any... Uh, last uh, parting sentiments before we wrap this up? No, no. Uh, everybody, just thank you for listening, and uh, we hope to see you again next week. And have a magical day. Woohoo! Yeah, those are those are just little previews. Leave a five star review. Ho-ho!